You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 5 Chicago Bears postgame show as our Bears take care of business on the road, earn themselves a 20-9 victory in Las Vegas, their first road win of the year as the Bears improve to 3-2 and two as Justin Fields leads this team to another victory, or maybe it was something else. We'll talk about it. Throughout the episode, I'm Russell DeWitt. Joined with me is my co-host Mason West. Nicholas Moriano was at the game today up in the press box, and we're hopeful that he can chime in here uh, at some point in the show. We're going to figure it out as we go, but Mason, glad to be on. Excited to talk about another Bears victory. I think you said it best right before we went live. Uh, A weird game, but that is every Bears game that's ever been played since the beginning of time. Nothing is ever easy in a Bears game. Even like the easy wins, there's always something funky that goes on. But at least in this one, you you had that optimistic pessimism, which I don't even know if that's a thing, but we're going to go with it uh, just because they were able to snag that lead a little early and somewhat had control throughout the game. And it was it was fun, even with the weirdness. It was. I mean, that was one of my keys, right? Heading into this game uh, in our preview show, I mentioned if the Bears can get out to a fast start, it wasn't the fastest of starts, but they're at least able to get a double digit lead on this Raiders team early and then just weather the storm. And they did that. And I'm excited to break down what went well at offense, look at what exactly we need to keep working on. But once we get to the third quarter of the show, I think a lot of kudos and a lot of praise is going to be had for the Chicago Bears defense, who held a team that came into the game every 26 points per game only to nine total points in this contest but Mason are you ready to jump into our first quarter of this postgame show and break down this third Bears victory of the year absolutely all right so let's start our opening drive which means we need to start with my monster moment of the game and I wrote this one on paper but it's gonna be Justin Fields third and 12 throw to Darnell Mooney with about seven and a half minutes left in this game Prior to the Bears, they had two missed third down conversions in a row, and those were both third and ones. Uh, In that third quarter, the Raiders held that ball for a long time, made it a five-point game. The Bears immediately back on offense, faced a huge third down, a long one. Like I said, third and 12, Fields able to hang in the pocket, found Darnell Mooney over the middle of the field, a tight window, a great throw, an awesome catch in traffic, and the Bears were able to sustain that the possession keeps that drive alive and if they didn't you're looking at this Raiders team getting the football back with about again seven and a half minutes left Uh, instead the Bears continue to move down the field and they were able to get three points on the drive and take five more minutes off the clock so for that throw to kind of help put the game on ice a little bit even though it wasn't completely uh, to me it was a clutch moment in this game one that really helped the Bears seal the deal and just another uh, just another time for Justin Fields to just prove that he is the man here and can step up in some of these uh, clutch situations. I was proud to see it, and also it's just one of those moments in the game that made you 
excited about the future and field was beaten and battered throughout this game. We'll talk about that more throughout this post game show, but that is my monster moment of the game. Mason, how about over to you? What's a stat that stands out for me? I'm looking at the halftime rushing numbers because you know, in the second half, Bears were playing a little more conservative and definitely near the end of the game, obviously just trying to hold the lead and up the clock. So the rushing numbers at the end are a little funky. But at halftime, Quill Herbert had seven carries for 44 yards, 6.3 yards per carry, and the Bears as a whole had 4.9 yards per carry. And that's how you establish yourself, right? You dominate on the ground, make it easy on Justin Fields, obviously after... He had a couple of questionable throws at times. He was getting smacked around a lot at the beginning of that game. Went out of the game, obviously, with that left knee hyperextension, too. Protect your rookie quarterback. Lean on the run game. And it really makes you excited, I think, for what's going to happen when Montgomery comes back. When you have, like, a Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, two-headed monster. And then you have Damian Williams, you know, as that pat, more of a pass-catching back. And it's just really exciting. It really is. I know you've been, you know, riding the Herbert train since we drafted him and getting into training camp. And I'm sure you being able to watch him in his first regular season action, his true action as running back, which he highly impressed. I think every Bears fan who watched that game, I'm sure that makes you feel, you know, pretty good uh, inside. And I'm looking forward to our discussion on Khalil uh, here in just a little bit. And honestly, Let's just use this as a great segue to keep this show rolling right along, and let's get into the second quarter of this postgame show. Let's talk about this Bears offense that, again, today they were able to put up 20 total points, only 252 total yards, but it was enough in a game like this, and there was a a portion in this game when this offense was really rolling. They held the ball for 14 minutes on two straight possessions, ended up with 14 total points. Mason, early on when things were working well, why so? Even though there's the offensive line was struggling early uh, with some pass protections, Fields was getting you know beaten and harassed in the pocket, taking some shots and some runs as well, the Bears still found themselves with you know good momentum on this side of the ball and showing some resilience. What were some of the keys behind that? Some of it is what, what the Bears did where, you know, they had Alex Bars checking in as an eligible receiver as that extra beef on the field pretty consistently and getting creative, right, and with how they were going to create rushing lanes and how they were going to do pass protection. Because without J.P. Holtz, without Jesse James, who were really important, I felt like, in that Lions game, how were you going to create, you know, pass blocking and rush block, sorry, and create those rushing lanes? And they were able to do that with a lot of times extra linemen, sometimes, you know, seven offensive linemen on the field. Now, what they also did was they also got a lot of help from the Raiders. <laughs> there was a lot of penalties early on. There were some of those drives that ended up in points that really could have stalled out if not for the Raiders you know, doing what they did. So we do have to take that in consideration as well. Yeah, we definitely do. I mean, combined, these, it was an ugly game like all the way around if you want to look at like penalties and just the physicality of this one, too. It, was, it wasn't pretty football. It was old-school smash-mouth football throughout this game. And I think both teams combined for about 17 penalties for over 140 total yards, uh, which is, again, almost as much as one of these teams had uh, throughout the majority of this game, just to kind of put that into uh, some perspective. But when I what I liked from this Bears offense early uh, was the ability to lean on the running backs a little bit, whether it was, as you mentioned, uh, Williams being productive as a receiver, as well as getting uh, some good production off of his rushes. But then Khalil Herbert did provide, uh, and, and Mason, I'll take one of your words, the juice uh, for this team and this offense, kind of helping him roll. Like It was inspiring to watch him keep those legs churning, always falling forward. I know the number 24, for a couple of plays, I was like, 
kind of reminiscent of a, a Jordan Howard in this offense, but maybe a little bit faster, a little bit stronger version of him. Um, but it kind of helped but shake a couple of you know, just visions of him throughout this game. Uh, but just being able to heavily rely on those two guys and then allowing Justin to kind of pick some spots and play some efficient football, not asking him to do too much, not putting the ball just solely in his hands, allowing this Bears offense to be run first, Past second, I think, against this Raiders defense that entered this week as one of the worst defenses against a run. The Bears knew that, and they stuck with it, and they were able to get that production. And I know in our preview show, we were wondering, could they actually establish a run without David Montgomery uh, against this defense? And you, Nick, and I all came to the agreement that they should uh, be able to, and they did so. Did they exceed your expectations, or just on par about what you expected? I would say they exceeded it. I thought it was going to be good. I didn't think that they would gash the Raiders defense as much as they did to be completely honest uh but you know they, they proved me wrong on that one and they stuck to the run game which is something that in last year for sure and then the beginning of this year I don't think they would have done uh you know a couple of runs get stuffed and all of a sudden it's less throw I mean Justin only threw the ball 20 times Andy Dalton threw it once by the way Andy Dalton pass rating 100 for this game MVP but they, but they stuck to it and that's what I think Bill Lazor brings Justin had talked about that uh, I believe it was last game where when Bill's up in the box there's this calmness to him he can see the whole field relaying that information and just that nice consistency that was there now there's still things to improve of course but you know this is smash mouth monsters of the midway football this is what you have to do as a in Chicago the passing will come you know as Justin gets more comfortable and things like that but for now eke out these wins against good teams. I mean, the Raiders, I call them a fake three and one. I, I still kind of think that now three and two, but uh, they're still a good team. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Derek Carr, they're nothing to scoff at. And the defense has some players there. Yeah, no, for sure. And when I'm looking at this offense, man, Mason, it was a rough start to this game, too. Let's be honest. I mean, there were, the third quarter was brutal. The offense was just all out of sorts. Back to back, three and outs to start this game. Uh, Justin Fields, again, getting... Uh, beaten and battered. The noise wasn't a factor. The Bears' offense just seemed a, a little lost early. Uh, but it was that second quarter where they found their footing a, a little bit, settled into their own, and were able to make some serious progress. And when I look at, uh, maybe I'm sorry, but I want to go back to Khalil Herbert, uh, just because he was such an integral part of this offense, it was due to that patience uh, and his vision, uh, which I think are two underrated elements of his game, uh, his ability to find those cutback lanes, you know, hit that hole and just move his ass forward and truck people over fight through it like the one play too when he was hopping on one leg and gained what like three or four uh, additional yards from run. It? yeah yeah one like leg like gained three more yards <laughs> like you know you don't see that uh, out of most backs in the nfl but i think the bears were hoping to keep herbert a little bit more of a secret uh until david montgomery's injury but they knew like all right well the world needs to know what we have here in Herbert and it, some of those runs is really impressed and it's going to make things interesting to your point earlier Mason when Montgomery comes back how do they want to leverage all three of these backs because there's no reason not to if you see what Herbert's able to do with some of his touches same thing with Williams here I thought Williams had a really good game I was a little nervous with him being more of a focal point of this offense if defense were able to kind of contain him a little bit but he still really uh, excelled as well and again this Bears rushing attack as well as just their ability to lean on these backs in general is a big reason why this offense was able to sustain their drives and get moving because uh, they only allowed the Bears to pass when they needed to Mason is there anything else in the bigger sense of this offense that stands out to you before we kind of dive into some more player specifics 
I thought in terms of some of the play calling, uh, I thought, and this might be a little too specific, but the usage of Damian Williams wasn't exactly how I would have liked to see it. Uh, I think you had tweeted out, and I think I did too, a couple of times where they were, you know, third and shorts. And it's like, you, why are you using Damian Williams? That's not really his role. Even when he was, when he was with the Chiefs, that wasn't his role. Uh, and where's the running back screens, especially early in the game when, you know, Max Crosby and all the and other defensive linemen were really bearing down. Uh, Jonathan Abram was out for blood all game long. We use that aggressiveness against him. I would have liked to see some more screens for the running backs, use Damian Williams in that way. You know, Jakeem Grant was definitely got some offensive snaps, but we talked, I think I talked about using him in the screen game, some of those end around things like that. Just you, moving that defense a little bit. And I would like to, especially when you're coming up against some of these rivals like the Packers up on the schedule, you got to have a little bit of that, that funkiness to your offense because you can't line up and smash mouth with every single team. Right, exactly. And we'll have to see how that progresses throughout this season uh, over the next couple of weeks. I think one bigger just general thing that I was taken away with in this game, and it was inconsistent, but there's a real good stretch of it, and it was being able to convert on third down. Uh, the Bears entered this week as the dead last ranked team in the NFL uh, on the money down, but they were able to finish 6 of 13, which is just under 50%, which may not sound like a lot, but for a team that averaged 29% conversion rate, Entering the week, that's still pretty big. Uh, at one point, they had five straight conversions and are able to stay ahead of the sticks a, a little bit. You're looking at a, an average of only about three to four yards to go on third down throughout that stretch. And it was just clutch plays by the quarterbacks. And yeah, I'm going to say quarterbacks because Andy Dalton came in, handed the ball off a few times, but did convert on a third and seven with that pass to, guard, to Goodwin as well. But I think Justin Fields proved today that he can make some of these plays uh, on this down and make sure that he can extend these drives, uh, whether it be the one where he rolled out to his right, there's max protection, so we're only having a few guys running routes, but then he finds a Darnell Mooney along the sideline. Nice, easy pitch and catch. Uh, and then uh, later on that same series, it's the one where Fields goes out and comes back in with that knee. Uh, he's able to stay calm in the pocket despite just being coming out of the medical tent and find Allen Robinson for another big time play. Uh, so the Bears ability to make crucial third downs, at least in the middle portion of this game. And then also late, as I mentioned with my monster moment, mm -hmm. uh, was a positive step forward. And at least in my perspective, uh, when I'm looking at this offense, let's talk about Justin Fields a little bit though, Mason. Uh, I'm curious uh, about your take on all the punishment that he took here today. I know he's tough as nails, uh, hyperextended that knee, it looked like, a, a little bit based off of the TV broadcast, was able to come back in. Uh, is there any ramifications after the game that we should be worried about from your PT perspective, like swelling or anything of that nature? Yeah, so there was, like, right, the, the two different injuries. One where he went down and looked like he was holding his rib area. You know, they brought, even there brought the trash can over because they looked like they were concerned maybe of throwing up something of that nature. Keep an eye on that one for sure, too. But the one that is more paramount is the knee. Uh, when you hyperextend the knee like he did that much force through your terrified non-contact injury of an ACL tear, the fact that he came back in makes you pretty sure it's not an ACL tear. I mean, they're going to do all the tests on, on the sideline in the blue tent to check all the ligaments, all those things. They have pretty good reliability, you know, but you really do have to get that X-ray MRI just in case to verify it. Really what you're concerned about long-term is the swelling. Right, because you're in the game, your blood's pumping, that swelling can move relatively well. But when you settle down, I think I had tweeted, like, I'm worried about halftime. Like, when he just sits, what's gonna, that's going to look like? And now for the remainder of the week, right, when Monday, Tuesday, when they're off, yes, he's going to be getting treatment, but is all of a sudden with, again, not playing a football game, is that swelling going to sit in that knee and restrict mobility, 
swelling causes pain, right? There's all that there. So it's something to keep an eye on. Just because he finished the game and played really well doesn't mean that he's out of the woods. It's going to be really interesting. My guess is he probably is going to be a little limited in practice just for concern's sake. You know, they don't need him going full, full out. Um, But we'll really see more so when we see uh, on Wednesday when we get that report out. I appreciate that input is about what I expected it to come. And we'll see how it shakes out. I know he's tough and he's able to fight through it, but knowing how needs go, I, I just kept remembering what you're talking about with like Danny Trevathan uh, after that Titans preseason game. It just didn't react well after the game. So I, I do want to make sure that like, as we go through this week, this is something that we're keeping tabs on. Um, but overall, man, like, this is the Justin Fields that we've been ta- like told about so much, like the ability to f- go fight through adversity as well through pain. Uh, anything you wanted to mention else about Justin Fields' game overall? So overall, first of all, I need Justin to get down. <laughs> like, I think he needs to yes. slide when Jonathan Abrams coming down on him and and things of that nature. But overall, this is a it's another growth game. It's a step forward. You know, he didn't have the long ball today. Like he threw it, he just didn't hit on many of them. But we still saw the ability to come back, bounce back from those, and make completions when necessary, right? That, that last drive where they were able to get a couple, he had one of Cole Komet. You talked about the Darnell Mooney one. Those are the throws of an NFL quarterback. And those, those are the things that separate you from a true QB1 and, and a pretender. And he's going to keep growing. He's going to get better. We're going to see more out of him or as time goes on. I was overall pretty happy with what he did. He also protected the ball. There was no uh, strip fumbles today, no interceptions today. And that's what you want to see. 12 for 20, 111 yards, 5.6 average. Not too bad. Yeah, we'll take it. Uh, again, like we all know and want to see those big explosive plays. Didn't see anything over 20 yards today, but did have a few guys over 15 or more yards today. So there were still some of those decent plays in the intermediate passing game. And again, those are some clutch throws that it feels able to make. Were you as surprised as maybe I was throughout this game that they weren't able to take advantage of that beaten secondary? Uh, I know that they were throwing some different things at this Bears offense that we haven't really seen before, blitzing more often than they have really at any point so far this season, really trying to get after Justin. But with all the injuries that they had in the back end of this defense, I thought that they would have been able to get over 111 yards today. I think you guys did the over-under with fields and the preview and it was both over uh, for the 250 or maybe that one was split but regardless we're thinking no way that we should only see 111 it was enough today uh, with the ground and pound but just curious if you're surprised they weren't able to be as proficient through the air uh, in this one yeah uh, it'll be really interesting to hear what nick has to say whether he hops on today or just uh later because you know it's hard to see all the routes and you know who was open who wasn't all those kinds of things but with the fact that they were down two cornerbacks with, you know, the matchups that we thought we could, that we the Bears had a big advantage on, I would, really would have thought that they would have been able to attack in the air a little bit more. Definitely early in the game, the pressure made it hard to get the ball, I think, for the, some of those deep throws. Uh, you talked about how they got a little conservative in the third. Um, I think they really were leaning on the run game, and it was almost like, okay, let's not push this too much. I'm wondering if maybe the Bears were concerned with Justin's knee the ribs all those things let's not let him sit out there and try to hit the long ball let's just try to get out of here with the win but i would have thought they would have been able to do a little bit more to be completely honest i mean there really wasn't anyone that led with too many receiving yards right with too many catches everyone he spread out the ball relatively well it wasn't like he was locked on anyone in particular there are two players alan robinson darnell movie with five to five targets cole Komet with four targets he's he's moving the ball around it's just 
I don't know. I, I really do think maybe the injury played into it. I, I don't think they were trying to let him sit in the pocket too long. Okay. And on top of that too, I'm just curious your thoughts on the general, I guess, attack here today. It was conservative, uh, as we've mentioned, and it seemed to work. And on top of that, too, looking at this Raiders offense and all the points that they were able to score, all the yards they were able to get through the air, and just being able to stay on the field as much as they have, uh, do you think the Bears were trying to just keep some of those playmakers off the field, milk that clock? Again, 14 points in 14 minutes. I don't know the last time the Bears were able to do something uh, to that magnitude on offense. So, are you okay with like a a game plan and not as vanilla? I don't want to say uh, as this, but uh, as cautious uh, as they were. At least in retrospect, a win. I'm sure it's hard to complain too much, but uh, I'm just curious to your thoughts. I don't love it. Uh, I tweeted this out where it felt like at multiple times they were playing not to lose versus playing to win, and against a team like the Raiders were today, the way that they played today. And we'll get to this with the defense. Like, there was a lot of drop passes by the Raiders, mm-hmm. a lot of missed opportunities on their end. You got real lucky at times. I mean, that when you had that 14 to 3 lead, I don't know if they really expected to have that kind of lead. And when they did, it was like, all right, let's hold on to this. Let's not let this go. And it was almost like, well, let's do what we can to, again, to not lose versus let's really try to push it and try to win. Maybe you don't trust Justin fully to make the decisions you want to make. You're right. And that's why you lean so heavily on the run. I mean, what, 18 carries for Herbert, 16 for Williams? That's a lot of rushes on as a whole. So. I don't love it because you're going to play a team, let's say the Packers, let's say the Buccaneers, let's say, I guess maybe the Steelers and Ravens. I don't know if they count like that anymore. They're weird right now, but you're going to play some games where if you play the way you did today in terms of the aggressiveness or lack thereof, you might find yourself in a deeper hole than you want to be. Very well said. Uh, sorry if I seem distracted. Apparently my kid cut his finger upstairs and it was oh, no. not bleeding. So I got a few different texts. I was like, what is going on in this house? So uh, who knows? Uh, well, hopefully we can be able to persevere uh, throughout this episode. I'll keep everyone updated on that injury report uh, as well. Uh, Mason, something we saw today that we haven't seen, and it feels like a month, is some tight end usage uh, in this offense, whether it be you know my guy in Desper Horstead uh, getting his second career touchdown, his first one since 2019. Actually, his first catch in a regular season game uh, since the 2019 season. Or, you know, Cole Komet had a couple of catches as well. Jimmy Graham was getting involved in some decent blocks downfield to help spring a few of these runs. Uh, overall, your assessment of the tight ends? Better. I mean, it's better than it was. Yes, it was, they weren't nothing blowing us away besides maybe the horse head hype train on, <laughs> on that one touchdown. But again, Cole Komet was second in targets behind both Mooney and Robinson tied at five. He had four. So he was getting throws to him. He had 22 yards on the day, which was, again, also third on the team. So it's, it's better. It's not exactly what you want. No, he's not getting Travis Kelsey-esque yards and things of that nature. But considering what we've seen so far, that's what I, that's what you want. you know. And maybe Jester Horstead can carve a little bit more of a role for himself on this team. At the end of the day, it's hard because as the, the tight ends, you need them to block things of that nature. The hence why Holtz and Jesse James tend to get the starts instead of him, but maybe he is going to be able to get a little bit more on the field. Yeah. And honestly, okay. So I want to mention one thing on commit and then I, I just had like a, a spark of a, a bigger topic and we've already hit on it a few times, but it, it's making some sense in my mind. So hopefully I don't lose it. Uh, but with commit, something that I'm 
just getting a little discouraged by, uh, and it's not, you know, I know the big thing on at least social media is like he doesn't create separation uh, and you know, we can talk about that another day, but what I don't like his ability to move off of a defender to make a play in the ball. Uh, he looks real clunky uh, when he's doing that. It doesn't look fluid. It doesn't look smooth. It doesn't look like native uh, at all. And he just, he's not able to make a play with the ball in the air. He just kind of does like a little half turn, puts one hand up and it's like the sandlot closes his eyes and says, please catch it. And it hasn't worked. So that's what I'm most discouraged about so far with Cole Komet. Hopefully we can start seeing him to use that body uh, a bit, get up and actually make a play in a football. Um, but you mentioned Horstead and his ability to maybe carve in a role. And I was thinking about this entire offense today. We've had every, almost every positional group had a player step up today, whether it be uh, you know, Horstead there for the tight ends, coming away with the first touchdown here at the game. Uh, and then in the offensive line, you had on the right tackle, because Jermaine Effetti went down. They brought in Wilkinson, who held his own in this game. Andy Dalton came in for a few plays in the series, kept the drive alive. We ended up getting points on it. And then the two running backs in place of David Montgomery, uh, both of them having 64 or more yards on the ground today. So just people stepping up all over helping out the rookie quarterback, helping out their new play caller and Bill Lazor. I, I'm just, I guess now that I put all that together on the road in a tough environment, although the Bears hand showed out, so it wasn't as tough as it could have been. I think that's really impressive, Mason. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I think as a whole, this, this team is getting its chemistry back. There was some concern with that. And right now they all really seem to be playing for each other. Right. And like you said, Andy Dalton willing to step in, one play, one one pass, one completion, and then step out. Be like, okay, this is my role now. I got you, right? And like you said, having a Jesper Horse, like the moment, this is my moment. So if the ball's coming to me, I don't know if I'm getting another pass all game long. And he makes the catch, and, and it's a huge touchdown, right? So th- there's just something about this team that they're finding ways t- to now win, and the energy is different. And part of that might be Justin, part of it might be Bill Lazor. Maybe it's the fact that Matt Nagy can focus on actually just being the head coach a bit more, Right. One thing I did love as a side note, how what he was not right all the time when he did it, but the, what he did with when he was talking to the referees and what I saw him in terms of talking to the players on the side, it seemed more head coachy than when he's normally buried in the play sheet. So there's a different energy. There is a different energy. He's and we saw it on the sidelines a little bit last week. Uh, that's the good part of being in the press box. You can watch those things uh, yeah. a little bit more in tune. Um, but they, when they did show him, he seemed very engaged. Uh, even with the defense is on there, he's almost in a two-point stand himself watching what's going on in the field. In prior games, when he's calling the plays, that is not the case. Uh, and so I think he will be better, and he has been better for this football team over the last two weeks. Uh, I see a couple people in the chat, though, talking about Northwest Indiana. Uh, that's my home. Uh, so 219 is representing in the chat, so I appreciate it. I saw someone mention Valpo. I worked there at the Target and Walmart for like four years when I was in school. I don't know. I just like to at least point that out when people are in my old stomping grounds up there, Northwest Indiana. Uh, but getting back to this Bears offense, something, and we hit on it slightly, and if we want to go and play some devil's advocate, we need to point out some bad along with some of the good that we saw here today. It is that third quarter, just in general, only 33 total yards of offense, three punts. And I know, Mason, you said that maybe they're try, being a little cautious with Justin coming out of halftime and with the, all the, uh, the injuries that happened, uh, the, pay, the shots that he took. But at the same time, you have a cha- uh, multiple chances to make this a three-score game, and they weren't able to kind of keep their foot on the gas. And Mason, if this team wants to become dangerous, uh, you know, consistently dangerous, and they have opponents in that position, they need to find a way to keep that, you know, the pedal to the metal and 
keep stacking those touchdowns, those scores, extending those leads because it almost came back to haunt them. Uh, we could have had been up by 21 points at one point. Uh, yeah, 21 points at one point. But instead, again, it was like only a five-point game uh, in this fourth quarter at a certain situation as well. So I guess, at, you know, I'm a little concerned with their ability to not put a team away and kind of let them hang in there. And we'll talk about the defense in a minute, but man, we got, we really lucked out with some plays on that side of the ball here today. And if they go the other direction, we can have a totally different tune here in this game. So it is a challenge for this offense that I'm wanting to put out there for them is to be better when you do have a lead to extend it, when you have those opportunities, when DeAndre Houston Carson gets you an interception, you have a great starting field position. Let's find a way to get some points, even if it's a field goal. Points off turnovers are huge. Those are big momentum killers for the opposite team. Um, but any, do you kind of feel the same way? I, I feel like you must. If you don't, then we're going to have a bigger conversation. No, I absolutely do. And the thing that's frustrating is it's not like all of a sudden there were tons of penalties that used to haunt the bears way, way more where now it's third and 14 and you're saying, well, why didn't you convert? There were too many times when it was, again, there, we talked about this earlier. There was that one third and short and you hand it off to Damian Williams at the middle. Like that seems like a weird choice. Um, we've talked about how we want some more Justin Fields quarterback runs and the ones that you give him almost seem forced. Like they're not natural. Let's see, let him use his true, uh, quarterbackness it's just like let's shove them in there especially after the hits he did take because like i it's almost contradicting myself but you want to protect him and then it's like all right let's just do a sweep off to the left side with one or two lead blockers it's very odd um and i just don't have the confidence right now right it's third let's say it's third and four well who who are you saying is going to convert that third down it's a good question third and four you should be looking at like an Allen robinson ideally that, that should be the go-to right as right, of right now exactly. i have no confidence alan robinson one gets open it seems like there's a lot of times he's covered in those intermediate routes or two he will make the catch there were a couple times today where it was a very i felt as a wide receiver one catchable ball and he didn't do that when you look at the really good teams like when i was watching the early games right i mean his totally different player but Devonte adams is just automatic you had Antonio Brown for Tom Brady when it was third and 12 and everyone else is like, okay, this is going to be terrible. Tom throws off a back foot and Antonio Brown come, gets a touchdown on the play. Like who is your go-to person that's going to move the chains for you? And as of right now, the bears don't necessarily have that because Mooney shouldn't be that. I mean, that's just not what he is in terms of body type and all those things might be a tight end, but Cole commit, like you said, seems like he can barely get open and he's just clunky. And so now it's an hey, Rob, Where you at, man? Yeah, uh, it's a really good good question, and we do need to see. And I know Fields and Robinson are building that chemistry. There was a couple bright spots there, so it wasn't all bad. But I do uh, agree with you, Mason, that we do. You have to find that go-to guy, and if it is third and one, you have number twenty-four. You should just give the ball to number twenty-four. And worst case scenario, even if a defender gets one of his legs, he'll hop forward for the other three. It's not that difficult, right? No. But one question did. Uh, I'm trying to remember real quick, going through the box score here for for the Raiders here. Did Crosby even play today? He did play. Uh, he wasn't out there as much as we thought he would be. Uh, he had that one roughing the passer penalty that kind of uh, saved the Bears on, I think it was the first or second drive, whichever one it was. Yeah, but he didn't even make the box score. That's, that was kind of my it's point crazy. there. The Bears were able to kind of take one of the best defenders here for the Raiders and kind of take him out of the game. And usually that's what teams do to Khalil Mack. And now I know that a lot of Raiders look at 
you know, this guy as the Mac replacement in this defense after a couple of years now, and the Bears uh, were the ones taking him out of the equation as well. And I, I know that the offensive line had a real tough task today uh, when it came to pass protection. This Raiders team entered the week as uh, the unit that generated the most pressures uh, on quarterbacks. Uh, again, they weren't leading the NFL in sacks. Uh, that was our defense. And uh, I don't know about how the other teams did so far today, but I feel pretty good that our standing should be pretty close in order here uh, after this week. But overall, just knowing the type of opponent that we had here, Mason, what's your take on the offensive line and how well they played? I know in terms of run uh, you know, run blocking, they did really good for a, a good chunk. There was a stretch there where they could have gotten some more push. Um, but overall, what's your take on the offensive line? The offensive line is kind of like a, a other parts of this team where better than I thought it was going to be considering the situation, right, when your person who was supposed to be left tackle had back surgery – Right when your right tackle seems like he either gets penalties or in this today got hurt, unfortunately, better than I thought. Getting good push on the run needs to be better with pass protection. There are still too many leaks off the edges, especially uh, like there was that one play where J- Justin took a sack, and that's definitely on him a bit. He should have stepped up because he just got collapsed. But at the same time, he had pressure off of both edges pretty much more or less immediately. Um, and this isn't this isn't the offensive line that the Bears are going to run with. It's not going to be the offensive line next year. This probably won't even be the offensive line in Week Ten. It, it's 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 really not. I mean, I don't know. I mean, with if they keep beating Raider esque teams, they'll be in a position to potentially make a playoff run. And do you bring in your injured tackle off of IR actually? And it's so it's it's a work in progress. Is really what it is. It's a work in progress. I still think at the end of the day today, the Bears gave up six quarterback hits. Uh, Fields was sacked twice. Uh, so I think there's four quarterback hits on in addition to those two sacks. And for a team that was generating pressures better than any other defense, specifically off the edges too, I'm okay with the performance here today. Was it as pretty as we all would like? No. <laughs> Do we wish they could be better? Yes. But considering the opponent that we had in front of us, knowing that that was one of the, their biggest strengths, I knew there was going to be plays where I want to rip out my hair because, you know, and of course I'm a little protective of my rookie quarterback in Justin Fields as well. Uh, I'm okay with what I saw here today. I was very impressed with the interior of the offensive line on their on those running downs, though, and getting some of that good push up front, creating some of those cutback lanes, generating just some room for these running backs to operate, too. I think overall I would say I'm content with the offensive line, what we saw here today. Uh, as you and I have both already said, they're not perfect uh, by any means. They're not a top-tier unit. But the Bears are doing what they can with what they have. Uh, they're able to do that here today. And keeping their best edge defender completely out of the box score, I think, is a big testament to Bill Lazor and just to the general execution uh, of this offense. Are there any other bigger talking points that you wanted to kind of hit on here, Mason, on this side of the ball? Uh, this offense is growing. I mean, that's really we, – we already said it. They're going to – I feel like they're really going to get better each and every week, especially when you have the decision, right, Fields is our starter, Lasers is our play caller, this is our identity, our identity is the run, and we could keep the same identity, right, because that's what Montgomery established. Pound it with the rock, play action, move the pocket, and then get maybe some long plays off that. And when you see a Khalil Herbert emerging, when Damian Williams is able to do okay with in those situations, you can continue that – that identity. And then when Montgomery comes back, you keep rolling. 
You sure do. All right. Well, if there isn't anything else on this Bears offense, uh, we're going to call a quick timeout here at the halftime portion of this postgame show to tell you a message um, from our friends over at Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming, if you know what I'm saying. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing make season sure like no other. Get ready to take the leap into fall with Manscaped. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Uh, first off, in his brand new Performance Package 4.0 is that Lawnmower 4.0. If you're looking to cozy up this fall, this trimmer is essential. This fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce your grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. It also gives you the ability to turn the 4000K uh, LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Plus, it's waterproof. So again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 over at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose Manscaped and your balls will thank you. All righty, you're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast. This is our week Five Chicago Bears post-game show as our Bears were able to take down the Las Vegas Raiders by the final score of 20 to 9. And Mason, I know we just finished talking about the offense. I just wanted to mention one final thing and then we're going to move on. Uh, apparently 20 points is still the cap uh, here for this side of the ball for this offense. It seems like that's always that weird, weird number uh, that the Bears have a hard time uh, getting into. But now with that, we can officially move into uh, the third quarter of the show. Let's talk about this Bears defense. Mason, handing it over to you to kind of kick things off. No, we're not talking about special teams. We're talking about defense. And I just want you to let me know where your headspace is at uh, after this game. And if your first few words aren't Sean Desai is the man, I'm going to mute you and do the rest myself. That that was pretty much actually what I was going to say to start with, that Sean Desai is a wizard when it comes to defensive coordinator. And, you know, not to speak ill of people who are not here anymore, but Chuck Pagano did not use this defense correctly. Mm -hmm. right? It was vanilla. It was boring. People knew where the rush was coming from. If I recall correctly, he had at one point three down linemen against Aaron Rodgers. You don't you don't win games like that. You win games like the way that Desai is doing it, right? You're confusing opponents. You're using your players like chess pieces, and you're putting them in positions to do what they do best. Robert Quinn continues to... To, to do what he needs to do. Khalil Mack, right, he didn't do anything against the Raiders when they were in London. Now, obviously, maybe the whole full revenge on from Gruden wasn't necessarily as strong as it was, and he didn't feel the need to totally eliminate him. But Khalil Mack made some plays today, right? I mean, that if you, my monster moment was going to be that two-point conversion stop that he had. I mean, that made it well, it made a huge difference in the game because obviously now you have to make a touchdown instead of a field goal if you're, if you're the Raiders. So... I mean, this defense is finding its way. Can you imagine, by the way, if Eddie Jackson had actually uh, snagged that ball from Josh Jacobs? Like, that would have been just cold-blooded. Yeah. And that's what this defense <laughs> is doing right now. It's just doing everything it needs to do to win games. Yeah, it's 
It's all so impressive, uh, and I really like his ability. You mentioned it, confusing these opponents, uh, you're just getting creative uh, with the players that he has here. There's a lot of plays uh, today where you saw you know, Mack and Quinn uh, on the same side. Uh, you saw Travis Gibson uh, dropping into coverage, which uh, I know dropping outside linebackers into coverage is a, a kind of taboo thing here in, in Chicago with this defense. Uh, it has been for a few years, but I know Gibson missed a play on it, but I was mentioning you're, you're showing different looks here. That's all I wanted to kind of get to uh, with that point, too. And I saw a lot of just like the dime personnel, uh, seeing a lot of like DeAndre Houston Carson out there, some extra DBs. And even though they did that, they're able to still stop the run. And the Raiders enter this week, not one of, you know, one of the worst teams at running the ball. Uh, and there was a point when I got a little worried uh, when the Raiders had their first scoring drive, uh, when they were able to kind of get a lot of good plays with their running backs. Uh, Josh Jacobs especially was running very hard, but they were able to stick with it, shut it down, and force the Raiders to beat them through the air. And that allowed Desai to trust uh, his guys, the extra defensive backs. Uh, in addition, that pass rush really just helped pave the way, and we've talked about that really since the offseason, that we need this pass rush to step up uh, in order to help out this secondary that's still, you know, it's it's different uh, than it has been in years past. Uh, it's not to the same caliber, but they did at least have a, a I want to say a good game, but then I keep remembering all the busted coverages and the drop passes, and that needs to get cleaned up here too. Uh, how about uh, go back over to you? What else is on your mind when it comes to this defense as a whole? Yeah, that was probably where I was going to go next, actually, where I mean, yes, Darren Waller only had four receptions on 45 yards, which, by the way, so close to my bold prediction. I had three for 40. That last garbage time one is very frustrating. Um, Renfro, six receptions for 56 yards. And after that, it's just a bunch of, you know, little dinks and dunks around there. But a lot of drop passes. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when the official stats come out on that. But there were multiple times where you're talking, like, Waller. Brian Edwards had, like, three huge drop passes. And he's a, a big, strong guy blown away that that happened uh so i'm the secondary still is problematic uh there is also that play near the end where they attacked vildor one-on-one with taron waller up in the corner you know i know i asked for a cornerback to go after him one-on-one i said jalen johnson didn't really think Kendall vildor fit the bill and honestly it just wasn't the per a great pass by car they lucked out on that one so there's still some questionable secondary aspects but like you said they really helped the the running game uh, back to where it needed to be. Um, stepping up where they need to. I'm interested to see what's going to happen long-term with Danny Trevathan because uh, he's in there more than I thought, and I, I'm worried about messing with the mojo. I agree. Uh, I know th- I had a hunch, like, when they elevated him, they'd throw him out there. Uh, and I, when he, he was out there for his first play and I saw six, I, I looked at my screen, like, five different times. Like, wait, who, what? Oh, yeah, Trevathan. He changed his number. He He got hurt. But NIR and ended up changing his number. Comes back a whole new person. Uh, it took me a minute. Yeah, I'm used to seeing number, you know, grinding 59 uh, out there in the middle of the field. Uh, but yeah, what are they going to do? Because there's a good thing happening here with Roquan and Ogletree. Why mess it up too much? Uh, I don't think Danny looked out of place uh, by any means. I know you're pointing out the fact uh, on Twitter, Mason, like, oh, look, Danny came in and there's a few big plays given up. And it weren't Danny's guy, but it's just matter-of-factly saying, like, hey, look what happened. Uh, one number six kind of came out there. Uh, a player that at least had one big splash play today uh, that I want to make sure I mention before I forget uh, is DeAndre Houston Carson, uh, that big interception, uh, that big play on the ball there. And 
I'm wanting to come up with a new nickname for DHC. Uh, and I thought DeAndre on the spot is starting to be very fitting uh, because he always comes up with those uh, big teas on the field a lot. But when he is, the dude makes plays. Uh, last week, he didn't get really on the stat sheet for it, but that pick play uh, to set up that Cleo Max sack this week with the interception, I don't know. I like this guy a lot. I think he's very underrated, uh, and he makes the most of every opportunity when he's out there. Uh, so I just want to make sure I give him some kudos, some praise here in this in this game. And then really Robert Quinn, uh, I wanted to mention too. You didn't see him uh, do a whole much in terms of you know getting the sacks or the tackles for a loss today. But I think a positive sign for him that I still took away was, I don't know if you saw him, Mason, but there's a few plays that he was able to track down from behind uh, and still make a play. And even though he's making a tackle eight, nine yards down the field, uh, that's a bigger problem for this defense. Seeing him do that and have the speed to catch up and make a play from behind is something he never was able to do last year. And for him to do that here now, and not that it's like, oh, that's exactly the formula we need. Like You don't want your edge guys making those kind of plays down the field or needing to. Um, but to have Robert Quinn being able to do that, I saw is, I think it's a testament of where his health is and really just where his energy level is at. Oh, absolutely. Uh there was one in play in particular, I think one of the ones referencing where, yeah, it was like a play up the left side and all of a sudden they're like, oh, Robert Quinn's there. Why, why the heck is he making that tackle, right? And you just have that from a lot of different players. Roquan keeps being Roquan. I mean, he's all over the field. He saved a touchdown on that one play. I don't know how many inside linebackers are going to be able to drop in coverage like that and punch that ball out. But, you know, that was a huge momentum shift there because they ended up with a field goal. Um, you have Travis Gibson getting a sack. He keeps getting a sack every game. I mean, when your third rusher is doing this, you're in a good spot. I, I don't know what Mario Edwards is doing. He's there's There were two different plays today where he's just not making the right choices, whether it's, uh, you know, throwing Josh Jacobs, I believe it was, after the play had been whistled for about 10 minutes or, you know, some of the other just poor decisions. Like, he's you need you can't be doing that, right? If you're going to come in and be a rotational piece, you have to be able to keep your cool and you have to be able to make the right play. So uh, Scotty here in the chat did mention another good point about Robert Quinn that we haven't really talked about too much, but I feel like a game like today, I think is as good a time as any to kind of get our thoughts on it. And Mason, I wanted to go, you to go to you first about Robert Quinn. And now that he is being more of a you know an integral part of this defense, someone that teams have to account for, which was not the case last year, do you think he's a bigger reason uh, on top of Sean Desai getting the most out of these players, but... Quinn is having a bigger impact on Khalil Mack, which is why we're seeing Mack be able to kind of stack together some real nice games here. I would think so. I mean, I certainly don't have the data in front of me in terms of, you know, double team or even triple team percentage and chips and all that, but just, it would make sense, right? If both edges are producing, you cannot send everyone after just to just one edge. So and even the run game, right? Cause so often you'd hear, well, they're running away from Khalil Mack. Well, it's like, okay, well, who are you going to run away from now when <laughs> both are doing the job that they're supposed to do? So in theory, like, are you seeing that the run percentages are a little more even as well? And so you're not, they're not just pounding away to the, the left side of the offensive formation to get away from Khalil. They're a little more even that wear, less wear and tear on certain players, right? And angles are better for linebackers. It's all of those things do add up. Yeah, for sure. I'm, elated I think at this stage of the season with Robert Quinn uh, there was a, you know the first game I think it was bad for everyone uh, but he's been able to really turn things around stack together some good games I think earlier on in the year I was hesitant to get totally on board like is this this a fluke but I think he's proven that it's not uh, that he is back and he's going to be 
uh, a big time player here for the Bears. Uh, on top of that, too, speaking of big time players, I wanted to mention, you know, there's one portion of this game where I thought the Raiders were going to be coming back. Uh, that was right after Roquan had that, uh, I think it was a uh, P.I. call down the field where he didn't get his head turned around. Uh, so that got the Raiders pretty deep into Bears territory. Um, but it was two big plays uh, on third and fourth down by stars on this defense. Uh, you're looking at uh, Roquan Smith when Derek Carr did that same Justin Fields play, like rolling to his left and trying to run it. Uh, he's able to corral him, uh, force that fourth down. Raiders go for it on fourth down. And then he got uh, Khalil Mack screaming into the backfield and getting that the running back behind the line of scrimmage for another tackle for a loss and getting this Bears offense uh, back on the field. Uh, overall, when it comes to like third downs, uh, fourth downs, which I think the Raiders were, what, one for three? Uh, this is another week where teams have to go forward on fourth down against this Bears defense. Uh, on third, they're only five of 14, and they're one of the better units on third down heading into uh, this week as well. Are you... Uh, are you impressed by what you saw from the Bears defense on some of those crucial situations today? Because they, they stepped up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're overall, the defense is doing really well. It's just those occasional deep middle passes to some of those receivers that are the most concerning thing right now. Their pass rush is solid. Their run defense is solid. They're Like you said, they are forcing a lot of third downs. And even then on fourth downs, it's not like they're converting constantly. Even the one they had today on that fourth and short with the uh, Nathan Peterman QB sneak. It was questionable if yeah, he was, was able to get across or not. That one was close. But um, what what I don't necessarily love is still the bend but don't break mentality as a whole, right? Because, again, that's what will be the difference between a game like maybe next week with the Packers. You cannot just keep letting Aaron Rodgers get field goals because he's also eventually going to get touchdowns, and now all of a sudden one – possession games become two possession games and so on and so forth. So it's great that they're able to make the stands that they do in the red zone or even, you know, maybe around midfield, things of that nature. But you really got to be able to flip the field sometimes too. You do. And I thought they did an okay job with that here today. It wasn't pure bend on break. They were forcing some consecutive three and outs and they only allowed two total trips uh, into the red zone here today. So it wasn't like last week against the Lions where every single drive, it felt like the opponent was able to march their way, bully us all the way inside the 20, and then we stiffen up. Uh, they were able to do a better job in between the 20s today overall, but also to your point, uh, next week, they may want to you know, stiffen up just a little bit more going up against Aaron Rodgers. Told, I don't even want to get into it. We already know what that means. I just have to say the name. We, we've lived that story uh, too much in our lifetimes. There's no reason to get into it now. We have all week to, to kind of get into that mode here. Let's enjoy the win here uh, as we can. What was the key, though, uh, when it comes to this Bears defense success? Was it the defensive line play, some of that push, the ability to shut down the run, uh, the pass rush on Carr, make sure he can't get – you know, super comfortable or just the luck uh, that we also had as well today. If you had to boil it down, what was like a deciding factor, like one of the biggest keys to our success here on, on defense? I mean, if I had to boil it down to one thing, I personally would go with the ability to pull back that rushing attack. You know, Josh Jacobs only averaged 3.2 yards per carry. That's huge for a guy that gassed you in that London game. So, and when you're able to control that, when you're able to make it, you know, second and seven, when you're able to make it third and even four to five, now all of a sudden you're saying, okay, Derek Carr, you have to beat us. And now that allows your pass rush to get after the quarterback a little bit more because they don't have to be as concerned about, well, am I going after your car or do I need to crash down and help on Jacobs? Because a lot of the, you know, the D linemen and the linebackers are doing their job. And so therefore we saw what happens when you make Derek Carr have to beat you. 
he doesn't necessarily beat you. He's not a bad quarterback. I mean, when we were talking about who who the Bears could go after before they had Dalton, before they had Fields, Carr was near the top of my list because I just think he's super underrated that and doesn't get a lot of help, honestly. But he's also not someone that will destroy you either. So when you make him have to beat you by taking away that run game, it's a recipe for a good defense. No, it really is. Uh, I, I think you hit that kind of on the head. Anything else on this side of the ball? Any players specifically that we need to break down or talk about a little bit more? While that play would have been super, super cool if Eddie Jackson was able to snatch it from Josh Jacobs before he crossed the plane, I still need more from Eddie. It's yes, he's still he's on the box score technically, uh, right? But two tackles solo and two assists, I believe it is for four total. But that's that's not a lot from your safety. Um, and there wasn't a lot of pass breakups that I recall. And he's not getting the game-changing plays, the turnovers. Uh, there were a couple of times where a ball would be tipped and, you know, I would see Tashawn Gibson near it, but not Eddie Jackson. So when are when is he going to truly step up and make some plays, some plays that really flash? That's a really good point. And sticking with the secondary, I, I guess very similar to the offense, they're just guys who were able to step up here today. I already mentioned DHC playing in this game, not a ton of snaps, but being able to get that interception. I thought Dion Bush, uh, who came in for Tashawn Gibson for a little bit, because uh, he was uh, rattled, uh, would be the word I'll use. I'm not going to say totally injured because he was able to come back in this game, but shaken up a bit. Uh, he was also going in there making some good plays. He had a real good play in the red zone with that big hit to knock that ball free to force an incompletion. So just like the Bears offense, I thought there were guys on this defense here today, and we all know the defensive line uh, as well as the outside linebackers. They're a full rotation at all times. We talk about that every week, just how deep they are and how everyone from the top down can make uh, an impact in the game. But I guess in the secondary today, it's a little different uh, because we haven't seen that so far this year. And guys that have to come in, uh, even if they don't get a ton of snaps, making the most of those opportunities and helping this team. It felt like when you look at what I mentioned about the offense, uh, as well as about this defense here, it's a big team effort here today. It wasn't one individual that really stole the show. Uh, I know Cleo Mack made some of those splash plays uh, and special uh, ones as well, but Overall, still very – and Danny Trevathan uh, coming in too, uh, not in holding his own first real playing time uh, since last season. I'm not going to count the preseason at all uh, as well. So just people being able to step up in some situations uh, on this side of the ball too is another positive for me uh, at the end of the day. Uh, anything else before we move on to special teams? Uh, no, I think you covered it. All right. So moving on to uh, our special teams talk here today, uh, Jakeem Grant. Day one as a Chicago Bears returner. What are your thoughts? Because it's kind of a mixed bag. The only negative I have for him was the one that he kind of mishandled and it bounced around a little bit. And that set the Bears back definitely in terms of that one. But I I like the aggressiveness. We were saying we want someone to catch the ball. We want someone to attempt a return. We we got that. So when you ask that for that, we, I think it would be bad of us to all of a sudden be like, Why'd you why'd you return that one? And and I feel like if he if the Bears really didn't want that, if Chris Tabor didn't want that, he would have told him after like the first one where he was like, Oh, that was kind of deep. Don't bring that one back out there. Uh and we probably wouldn't have seen it again. So I like the aggressiveness on it. I mean, there wasn't an instance where he brought it out and they were pinned inside the 10, right? I mean, there were times where it'd be like he would bring it to the 20. And that five yard distance for me is not a big enough issue that I'm like, oh man, you really should have taken that touch back or whatever the case may be um, versus what I think I, I tweeted this out. Like 
the way he was running made it feel like he was going to break one. I mean, he's just so fast. He, you could definitely see there were some lanes here and there. Try to, yeah, go for it. Be aggressive. I'm all about it. Be aggressive. See, I, I don't mind calculated aggression. Uh, what worried me was, I don't know, I've never seen anyone field a punt in the end zone, let alone take one out. Like, this isn't a kickoff. I don't, I've don't. i never seen anyone catch a punt in the end zone and run it out. I think he got to the 19 on that one. Uh, on his two punt returns, he did average about 20 yards per return, which I know is a really strong number uh, when it comes to punt returns. Like, at most, you're looking at maybe like eight to nine yards uh, on average for a guy throughout a season. So they average 20 in one game. Uh, it's a pretty good number. Uh, although, again, you could have taken the free yards, take out in it easy, but... Uh, I, I thought that was strange, uh, to say the least. But on top of that, too, I just want to give uh, some praise to you know Santos here uh, in this third phase, uh, coming away with both of his kicks today, helping the Bears extend their lead uh, when offensively they weren't able to kind of punch it back into the end zone. Uh, they needed to rely on their kicker a, a little bit here in this game, and he came through, which is no surprise at all, but uh, it, it was big here in a game like today uh, for him to kind of extend this lead down. Uh, the stretch. Anything else here uh, on special teams here, Mason? One thing I'm concerned with is Caleb Johnson. Uh, he's someone that was really coming into his own yeah. and on special teams with tackles and all that, especially uh, especially when you have someone like J.P. Holt out, when you have Jesse James out, when you have Niwe, who's also out, who's a special team stalwart. You can't get back to that whole, you know, hashtag Bears special teams era. The Bears have been good on their kick coverage, their punt coverage. We, that has to continue. So hopefully he got carted off which isn't great. I couldn't find, I couldn't grab another video to really dive into it super heavy. But obviously, when you're card off like that, it's not a good sign. Uh, hopefully, he can return. And if not, someone else is definitely going to have to step up. I think that's when you see Iggy uh, get elevated uh, from. Uh, he's been what non-dressing uh, in these games right now, so that's who you would probably see technically step up. Uh, we'll see if he can step up in a, a game situation. But for a Caleb Johnson. Uh, I know this is like a week when he's starting to get some of that real good recognition uh, for what he's been able to do, you know, from making the team uh, to all the way now being a special teams. I'd call him an ace. Uh, I know it's early, but he's been a core special teamers for this Bears team uh, so far this season. Uh, that's a tough blow, um, but it's one you can overcome. And hopefully it's not super serious for him because I'm always rooting for that kid and want to see him continue to grow here in Chicago. Uh, he's a lot of fun to watch, especially on those kickoff coverages. Always the first guy of the football, flows to it well, makes a big hit. Uh, so hopefully he's okay uh, or someone that can return here sooner rather than later. Um, but Mason, uh, it's time to call an audible. Uh, we've talked about this game uh, pretty much in full. Is there a, anything in particular uh, that you wish uh, would happen differently? And I know if I was asking a Raiders fan, they would probably have about 10 different drops uh, that they can choose between, but we don't have that. I would have taken about six of those carries that Damian Williams had and gave them to Khalil Juice Herbert. Uh, there was one in particular. He uh, Damian Williams ran off the left side, made a cutoff of Allen Robinson, and he got tripped up. If that was Herbert, if that was Montgomery, those would have been touchdowns. Uh, we talked about some of those. There was two different third and shorts that were stuffed. Again, not 100% sure that would have been converted, but I think it had a higher percentage with Herbert. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this was his, you know, dress rehearsal in a way. And now all of a sudden next week, instead of it being 18 carries Herbert, 16 Williams, that that shifts. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Well, let's go ahead and we're actually going to do a test and see if we can bring on Nicholas Moriano. Let's see if we can do that here real quick. Nick, are you here? <laughs> 
Yeah, what's going on, you guys? Hey, <laughs> how are you doing? How is the press box? How's the stadium? How's everything? Oh, man, uh, guys, it's a complete 180 degree difference from Soldier Field. I, I had freaking cheesecake <laughs> and, and then the press box there. They had, uh, that's just the press box, but just the whole entire stadium where obviously being indoor, you're not behind glass windows and you can go out and actually feel the atmosphere. And guys, Matt Nagy talked about his press conference. Eddie, all, all the guys that spoke after the game talked about this was almost like a home game. For, for the Bears being at here, obviously, in Allegiant Stadium, and it really felt like that. I know there's some, some people – I'm going to move out of the way because of the cart rolling, but, yeah, it was really like a home game for the Bears, and it was, it was awesome to be a part of. That's awesome, man. So we've been diving deep. We're almost now in the fourth quarter of the show. Uh, we can take it all the way back if you want. Do you have an opening statement? I'll still call it an opening statement at this stage. Well, I liked how – you know, the Bears still committed to the run game without having David Montgomery. I think that was a huge reason why they're able to pull off this victory. Damian Williams and Cleo, you know, Mason West, uh, Mason, you know, your, your guy, Cleo Herbert. So able to get those tough yardage and, and just how he was running the ball today. I think because they committed to that, that allowed them to, one, sustain drives. I know they had a 16-play drive early on that ended a touchdown, and that's what the Bears need to do. I think that's when they're most effective, and them able to do that without their lead guy in David Montgomery, I think that was huge for what the Bears were able to do. Nick, from your view up there in the press box, is there anything that we may not have been able to see on TV or anything that may have stood out to us in the broadcast that you want to make sure to let our listeners know about? You know, other than, like, the Justin Fields when he took that hit early on and he was on the sidelines, it looked like they had a trash can there because he was going to puke. He did say that he got the, the wind knocked out of him. They brought the trash can there. And, again, that was because of a spin move that had happened. And, you know, we talked about it. He's like, man, I, I, you know, it's, it's tough to do in game, right, when that's a part of what you want to do. And it's hard to get rid of. But um, that was really the only thing. I think also Matt Nagy has also just been more involved, right, with the sideline. He even talked about that in his press conference, that he feels, he feels comfortable and he's happy doing what he's doing and having Bill Lazor call the plays. But – Still energetic on the sidelines, but other than like Justin Fields really, really taking a couple of hits, almost going or going into the blue tent after that leg injury and things like that. There wasn't too much going on. Honestly, I was kind of looking up at where these Bears chants are happening sometimes. There's a right corner all the way top, probably like the 400 level. They just kept starting the Bear, Let's Go Bears chant. And, you know, eventually that took over the entire stadium, which was, you know, really. I think it just shows the fandom that these obviously Bears fans have, which is awesome. We know that. We've lived it. But I got goosebumps by you just telling me that. I love going to road games and having my people show out. And you know how, I don't know, it's such a it's a power move. When you can have the away team chant go around the whole stadium, you know as a home team, you're like, what the heck? Like, are, where are we? And I think for the Bears, uh, them knowing that the fans have their back like that uh, and a game like today, which was gritty, uh, it was a physical game. You know, that gives them uh, that little extra something, something to kind of fight through here, Nick. Uh, I don't care if you want to take this offense or defense, you can throw in special teams, but what's your biggest takeaway or maybe your biggest positive takeaway? If you want to start with a, a positive foot here, sir. You know, I'll start with Justin Fields. I thought the third down and 12 play that he made to Darnell Mooney Getting the 13 yards on that play was huge. For it's what we're seeing, we're seeing from Justin Fields, his development, and honestly, just his ability to 
I think just grow as a quarterback. So again, there's a lot of stuff rolling over this way, but I'm going to try to move here as I'm in the basement of Allegiant Stadium. But I think that was huge for them. It's just for Justin Fields, honestly. I'm going to mute myself again, Will, and just after uh, you know, people kind of go by. That's fine. So uh, just letting you know, Nick, while you're muted, if you can still hear me, uh, that was my monster moment of the game, uh, the play that you just mentioned. And see, we're right there on the same page. You're hundreds of miles away from me, yet we're thinking right there as well. So I like that. You know, we're an hour into the show. You're able to hop on and say exactly what I was thinking uh, just a little bit ago. Huge time play uh, for this Bears team, for this offense to kind of help put this game uh, on ice. What about on defense, if you can speak? Uh, what stood out to you on that side of the ball? Yeah, hopefully it's not too loud, but I, I really liked how Khalil Mack played this game. I think the defense, that's what Eddie Jackson was saying, fed off of his energy. And what I'll claim is like his, this is his revenge game. Forget the London game. That didn't happen. It was today's <laughs> game where Khalil Mack really made his presence felt. So I, I really liked how they were able to feed off of that. I don't know what that was. Whoop, yeah. Whoop. Um, but also, that was, that was the, yeah, that was the horse that hype train leaving the station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, also just, again, how Sean Desai has shown that creativity. We saw multiple safeties in and out of this game. Dion Bush, Deshaun Gibson, in, in different spots. There's that horn again. Um, but I like, again, how Sean Desai is consistently – just using his creativity, to be completely honest, and doing it with different personnel, different players, that is something that I think is going to continue. But, yeah, that's another thing defensively that I really like from Sean Desai and what the Bears can just build off of as they continue moving forward with the season. Nick, do you want to do some MVBs? Sure. I think I'll have to – man, MVB for this one. I think there's a there's a couple quality – obviously, Cleo Mack is definitely worthy of winning this. Damian Williams and – can I do like a combo Damian Williams-Khalil Herbert? Because they're filling yes. filling in for one guy, so I mean, you know, I'll give it to Cleo Mack. I'll give it to Mack and what he was able to do today defensively. Just again, he made his presence felt, and what, I, maybe they show this on the broadcast. But each time he made a play, he kind of went up to Derek Carr, and they're good friends. <laughs> they're did. good buddies. They're children. Their children know each other. They get along. And he was asked on Friday, "Hey, did you have you texted Derek Carr this week?" And he's like. No, not this week. And, you know, it was deep voice. But, you know, he wanted – I think he really wanted this one, you guys. And he really showed out today. And up to go with Mac. All right. We have one for Khalil Mack. Mason, over to you. Who's your MVB? Khalil Herbert. Not even a question. Without Khalil Herbert, the Braves <laughs> lose this game. Ah, you guys make it so difficult for me because I literally had Herbert or Mac, And I was going to – and I didn't know if Nick you're going to be here. I figured Mason would take Herbert. I could take Mac. If I had to do one here, I'm going to go with Khalil Mack uh, as well. What he was able to do on defense, whether it be that fourth down stop, uh, the big sack that he had as well, the other one that he had on the two-point conversion to keep it a five-point game uh, as well. So, uh, to really, no, yeah, because they're trying to make it a closer game. So they were able to kind of keep it a little bit uh, extended as well. I thought those were all big plays uh, that Mack was able to come down with here today. So I'll give it to him. Uh, but Herbert... Uh, I, th I think an offense, Mason, you're 100% correct. He was the MVB uh, on that side of the ball. Nick, you there? Can you give this game a grade? Ooh, a grade. I, defensively, the Bears were, you know, obviously giving up the one touchdown. But this is I, the, the question that was asked a lot of them was, is this the best defensive game in, you know, since when? That was a question that was asked to, you know, um, Eddie Jackson, Matt Nagy. And offensively, they did go through a dry spell in that second half. Second half, they really did. But coming on the road against a high octane Raiders offense, 
I have to give this a B plus, you guys. This thing, this is a really good win against an opponent that we talked about. The Raiders are they for real? It doesn't matter. They were able to come out in this environment, take over, completely take over Allegiant Legion Stadium, which again, which awesome to be a part of. But I'll give it a B plus. B plus is a real solid grade. I think it's very appropriate. Mason, how about you? I'm gonna be slightly lower at a B, unfortunately, just because. For me, I need this passing game to take a big step forward. It's still so heavy reliant on the run. And if a team sells out to stop the run, what's that going to look like? In addition to that, too many receivers running open in that intermediate to select to deep route where, again, with when you're coming against these more difficult quarterbacks coming up with the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, things like that, you can't do that. So that's concerning, but everything else has been fantastic, right? I mean, the fact that they were able to run the ball as well as they did, the fact that Justin hit receivers in a timely fashion when it counted the most, the defense was nasty in terms of that pass rush, in terms of stopping the run, all, all those are positive things. They really are. Uh, I think it was a real good game overall. If, if I would drink the Kool-Aid today, I'm going to give it an A-, minus. just a... I, I don't know. I, horse horse has caught a touchdown, guys. Like it, you're lucky I didn't give it an A plus uh, just for that reason alone. But special teams, you have to give it an A. Defensively, you give that an A plus uh, as well. Like uh, I was telling uh, Mason earlier, and Nick, you know this. You called it a high octane offense. They're scoring 26 points a game, over 400 yards uh, as well on average, and the Bears held them well below both of those averages uh, in this game. Uh, and on top of that, offensively, it wasn't always pretty. There was those dry spells, but they were able to stick with. I think their game plan here today, which was chewing the clock, getting a lead, protecting the lead, and weathering the storm. So for me, I'm going to give this one uh, an A-, minus, which means it's time for our uh, two-minute warnings. And I don't know if Nick's service is going to hold out for it. So we will do our best to try this. But So this is our two-minute warning. Let's wrap up our thoughts in this game and kind of put it into a perspective. And Nick, since your service seems to be going, yeah, let's try to get you in before uh, before it dips out completely. So go ahead with your two minute warning, sir. You know, yeah, I tried to go up the stairwell, but yeah, that wasn't going to be a good idea. Um, so two minute warning: the Bears came on the road and in a hostile environment and took over, like I was saying uh, earlier in this show. But you got to like what they're able to do despite not having Dave Montgomery with the rushing attack, so they can build off of that and get creative with how they use Herbert. And Damian Williams, I still think when you look at how they were used, like Khalil Herbert should have been using those short yardage situations a little bit more. And I know you guys probably talked about that, but so you could build off of that. Justin Fields making that third down and 12, just play over the middle, finding Darnell Mooney. That's huge. That's huge for what he's going to be as a quarterback and what, you know, the Bears are going to ask out of him. And then defensively, if you if the Bears pass rush can be as productive and just get quarterbacks off their mark, then you see what these secondary players like, can do. Like a DeAndre Houston Carson making a fantastic interception where he has to go across the field to really make that play happen. But you have all these different aspects of this Bears team and people filling in when people need it to. Even Andy Dalton coming down and completing a key third down play to keep that drive alive. So people are stepping up, and I think people are buying into what the Bears are as a team so far. And Matt Nagy finally talked about it. He's like, we have an identity. Guys, since Matt Nagy's been here, that's been something that has been non-existent in identity. So I'm going to cap it off at that 30 seconds short before this, this uh, internet goes off. There you go. I, I don't know if uh, you're listening to like the show while you're in the like in the 
in the press conferences, Nick, but you pretty much took my two-minute warning, recapping everything that we've already talked about here throughout this show. So very well done. Sometimes I feel like we share a brain. Uh, it's really remarkable. Uh, but you mentioned uh, DHC with an interception. Uh, I was telling Mason, uh, I feel like I want to make his new nickname, you know, DeAndre on the spot uh, because he's always where he needs to be. Yeah, you're liking it too. How much ground did he have to cover? Under broadcast, they didn't really show that uh, by any means. They just showed the play in the ball, but you mentioned he covered a lot of ground. Like, is, how much? It looked like he was in center field, and then he had to go all the way to what that would have been the right sideline, right? So he was, yeah, he read the play, and then Eddie Jackson was talking about it. He was going to maybe bite on the dig route. But again, reading um, what the play was, identifying what to correctly do, and makes the play. But that's what it looked like at the vantage point. Maybe all 22 will be a little different, but that's what I can remember. I appreciate that. Did you want to hop off, or do you want to hang on to see if it sticks out? You know what? Um, I might have to hop off. Just I figured. That's okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, that's no uh, problem. That's uh, right it's just going to be you yeah. know, Mason and I doing a two-minute warning, and you can, you can listen after the fact. But you, uh, great job out there today. Uh, so happy that you're able to make it out, uh, represent the Chicago Audible out there in Las Vegas. Uh, proud to have you as a member of our team. You fly safe, you get home, you text me, and we can figure out our plans here for this week's preview. Big week with the Green Bay Packers coming up. And I can't wait to see you in Chicago next Sunday uh, to kind of see it all unfold, Nick. But take care, man, and uh, I'll talk to you here soon, okay? All right, you guys. Have a good one. Later, dude. All right, Mason. I'm going to hand it over to you for your two-minute warning. So ready, set, and go. Well, first of all, seeing those hallways that Nick was in, already that part is just better than what they're at that soldier field. I mean, it's just dark and like I that the fact that the hallway is better is astounding. And we all know that Nick just had to leave to get to the blackjack table faster. Let's be real. So we'll give him a pass on that. Um, but overall, this game I really see as a launching point. It's one where we saw all the phases, like as you talked about, will do their part, and all other people really step up and do their part. There wasn't really one phase that just it absolutely took over you know the defense you can tell with Sean Desai at the helm with some young players that are good and the veteran pieces doing their job are gonna always keep you in games and do what they need to do the offense is now starting to catch up right you have a running game that is consistent no matter one of which of your three backs you use and now you really just need that passing game to take over and I said that earlier I think that it's gonna it's gonna happen it's just gonna take a little bit of time uh how creative can Bill Lazor be? And can he maybe be a little less conservative at times to try to create those instances? So on a third and four, maybe you're not running the ball. You are designing a play that gets Allen Robinson going. And that chemistry is going to keep building over time. Now you got special teams. You're not just saying, okay, well, that ball is going to bounce down to the two-yard line and we're going to have to make a 98-yard drive to, to score a touchdown here. Jakeem Grant's going to run that ball. <laughs> and whether sometimes it's going to be for better or worse. And personally, I know for me, I'm willing to take that gamble and roll the dice. As a whole, it's, it's, it's just a fun game. Like It's as frustrating as it was at times. It is a fun game that we saw there. Again, something to build on. Now you got some juggernauts coming up. How can you continue to build on that? Can this defense stop an Aaron Rodgers for the first time in a long time? You know, 2018 was the last time that I was like, okay, well, maybe we can actually beat the Packers because the last two years hasn't happened. What's the momentum going to be like this week? That's a really good question, and that's where I'll start my two minutes too because 
I talked about it in the preview show. A win here goes a long way uh, against this upcoming week because if you lost to the Raiders here on the road, your your mindset's completely different uh, than if you are coming home uh, with a victory here today. And a hard-fought victory like what we saw here this afternoon, I think, is going to instill a lot of confidence uh, and every single member of this team, the ability for you know, the top-down kind of, I don't know, showing out party uh, that we had here today. People stepping up when they needed to. I think it's going to build a lot of confidence in every single position group here on this team. Uh, like you, Mason, we're all hoping the Bears can find a way to air it out just a little bit more and do that consistently. Although, when I look at next week, I could really envision a similar game plan where you want to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, so you rely on Williams, you rely on Herbert, and then you only allow Justin to kind of throw when he's needed to, and he's proven uh, that you, he can still be very efficient even if he's not dropping back and passing uh, consistently in this game. He can be the guy to keep the drive alive on third down and then allow you to, okay, all right, reset, let's go kill more clock, and let's get some points at the end of the day. Uh, overall, when I look at this game, uh, you know that they were tested. Uh, this was a very physical game. Uh, the Raiders were coming after fields. They were coming after this team really in all three phases. But the Bears held tough. They hung in there, and they were able to come away with, again, their third victory, doing it on the road. Uh, Bears fans showing out. That's all great stuff, and it's all just positive momentum builders here. Uh, after a rough stretch that we had about you know almost a month ago, things are turning around, uh, and I'm excited to see how they can kind of ride this momentum, build upon it, because we really do need it here uh, next week against Green Bay. But just all in all, I'm just very proud of this team uh, and the effort that they were putting out here today. Again, it was not pretty. I can't remember the last Bears game that was overall just very pretty in general. Uh, so I know what I'm into uh, when I tune into the, you know, to put the channel on and knowing the game's popping on, I know exactly what's about to unfold here in front of me. Uh, but again, three and two, I think at this stage, I'm pretty okay with that. And I'm just looking forward to seeing how this build Bears team can continue to build off of that. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone uh, for tuning into this post-game show. It was a lot of fun uh, to break down this game with you, Mason. Uh, Nick was able to hop on, which uh, put a smile on both of our faces, uh, kind of seeing uh, what he was able to do uh, in Las Vegas. And uh, like I told Nick, Mason, uh, I'm hoping uh, I think you're able to make it to this game now on Sunday. And if that's the case, I can't wait to see you because it's going to be a fun one uh, to kind of watch in person and discuss it all unfold afterwards. Uh, in Soldier Field, and hopefully security doesn't want to kick us out. Yeah, I 100% I will be there on Sunday now. Uh, the course I was supposed to go to did get canceled, so I will not be uh, you know, learning this weekend, unfortunately, but I will be learning uh, about how the Bears are going to stop Aaron Rodgers as we see it unfold, because let's be, let's be real, you know, Bears are undefeated when I'm in the press box, so why would that stop now? See, I love that stat. It's a stat that's never going to go uh, away. It's always going to be that way. Uh, so just get ready, everybody. Uh, Mason shows up and the Bears show out. Uh, that's kind of how it uh, unfolds here. But I want to, again, thank everyone uh, who here is watching live. I know there's other NFL action going on. Uh, the Sunday Nighter is about to kick off here as well. So all the participation here in the chat, all the live viewers, whether it's on Facebook, uh, Twitter or here on YouTube. Uh, we see you. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know, wherever it's in your car, you're cutting grass, uh, you're at work, however you consume our show, just know we really do appreciate uh, each and every one of you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We just surpassed 7.7 thousand subscribers over on our channel. And also rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts, which helps us reach uh, out to more potential sponsors and hopefully secure a few more of those here for us. 
Uh, so up next, we'll begin looking at week six and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we'll be hopefully meeting our opponent within a couple of days. Uh, you never know how those kind of work out with interviews. Um, but if not, then we'll, you'll see us for our weekly game preview episode. That's never going anywhere. Uh, but again, the Chicago Bears take down the Oak. Oh, geez. The Las Vegas Raiders, 20 to nine. I almost did it. I almost went the whole show without doing it too. Almost there. As they improved a three and two on the year, getting their first road victory in the season in a hard fought matchup that I think proved a lot. This is a big test for the bears, uh, another measuring stick and uh, the measurements came back positive. Uh, so very excited about that and we'll see you all soon, but until next time, bear down Chicago.